1: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Talking City podcast here by the Manchester Evening News. I am your host Ash Barami and today I am pleased to be joined by Tyrone Marshall. Hello, good afternoon. And Ian Cheeseman. You all right? I'm good, thanks. Happy Easter to you both. Same Indeed. To you. Happy Easter. Happy, good bank holiday, good bank holiday weekend.
2: Fantastic yeah. weather for it, wasn't it? Yeah two of us in shorts today just Tyrone yeah. being a misery
0: <laughs> and wearing the jeans I didn't realise didn't realise the, uh, the MEN's policy went to shorts on, yeah.
1: uh, on Bank Holiday Mondays I think we we're we'll start to set a trend I think everyone will be in shorts the yeah. 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 in the next few days if you can do it
0: tomorrow as well Ash when, uh, when management are in that's the, yeah. um, the real test for you what's that's
2: impressed me is Ash wearing the Speedos you know I mean uh, you <laughs> know, he's taking it to another level there yeah, hasn't yeah, he yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean thank God that table's in the way that's all I'm saying
1: <laughs> definitely not in Speedos for anyone listening but I think tomorrow I'll have to consider a, my um, <laughs> attire, attire. Yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll see on that one. <laughs> I mean, where where do we start? I mean, it's been a week since we last here, Ian I mean, there's been a Champions League quarter final, and well with two games against Tottenham ultimately. And you were looking at that quarter final, we see a defeat, but City won on the night, but obviously went out. In terms of all the time you've been. Watching City, I mean, where does that rank amongst the most dramatic and almost draining
2: experiences of watching Manchester City? It was a fabulous game, uh, you know, and and I was slightly surprised that when I chatted to fans afterwards that there might not be a little bit more upset or a bit more anger. There wasn't any, really. Um, the vibe I got and the vibe I felt was we've just been privileged to watch a fantastic game of football. I don't say that the way it ended was satisfactory with the VAR and the delays. And I'm not a fan of VAR, not just because of that, but, but generally because I think it takes away that emotion from the moment. I mean, I know a goal can be scored and people celebrate and then it gets disallowed, but the way it's happening at the moment isn't the way that I would want it to happen. Uh, but overall, you, I, I will look Back on that game, just as I did, by the way, uh, after the 1981 FA Cup final replay when City lost 3-2 to Spurs and City had led 1-0 with 2-1 down and then eventually lost the game 3-2. Um, I, I, at the time, <clears throat> was, was devastated because... Um, I wasn't quite old enough to be at the 69 Cup final. Well, I'd have been a kid when I was there. So I wasn't at that Cup final. So that was my first chance to see City win the FA Cup. And for it to be lost in that way, having been 1-0 up in the first game and then an an own goal by Tommy Hutchinson and then 3-2 in the replay was devastating. And it took me a few days to get over that. This one, no. I, I think that because there was a lot of anti-UEFA, um, a lot of City fans not massively as, as, as much as me anyway into the Champions League I don't think they necessarily saw that as the end of the world losing that game. Yes in the moment and the way that the sequence went it was but overall I would say that most people came out philosophically sort of looking at well what a great game and that you know the atmosphere was brilliant everybody did what Pep wanted created that, that barrage of noise it was great. It was great to be there Um, and despite the fact that the the quad was over um, I never realistically thought that was even a possibility the quad and bizarrely before I went into that game before the two two legs of that tie that is I actually thought well if City do beat Tottenham which I expected them to do over two legs that could be a problem then for the league game that comes three days later because City will be on a high Tottenham will have just been hurt and it might be even harder than to beat them in the league game so bizarrely we saw what happened at the weekend City did win that game and maybe that was slightly easier than it might have been if they'd won the cup tie which might sound an upside down Mm -hmm. way of looking at it but (laughs) given that they want to win the Premier League title which is still some way off I know with the derby this week and, and then three more games actually gave them a bit of a boost in a bizarre sort of way so yeah I think it was a great game
1: yeah, and something that might
2: almost left a sour taste in the mouth was that VAR
1: decision for Fernando Llorente's header. Yeah, um, Pep alluded to it in his post-match <coughs> press conference when he said he defended VAR, but he was a bit skeptical on that. Is this the issue? We always talk about VAR, but I mean, is this the issue with VAR that ultimately it doesn't matter if you're you're always going to get a decision that's open to interpretation. <laughs> So does that kind of make VAR less kind of eff- effective? Because, I mean, that angle of the handball, when it first pushes his arm, isn't showed. It's no, showed from a completely no, different not. angle.
0: It's it strange why that wasn't shown. I don't know if it was a different... I don't think we've got a satisfactory answer on why it wasn't shown. I don't know if it wasn't a UA for camera or... But
1: it, it was shown on... I watched it on TV and it, that angle was shown first. Right. So I saw that straight away. Then when VAR was shown, I was sitting at home sitting yeah. thinking, well, why haven't they shown yeah. the other well, th- other perspective of it? Yeah. So-
0: I thought when the referee awarded the goal and pointed to the centre circle, he pointed to his hip as well which made me think he's given the goal because he didn't think it hit his hand. I don't think he watched it, thought it's hit his arm, but I don't think it's handball. I think he's watched it and thought it's not hit his arm, it's just hit his hip because he pointed to the halfway and then he pointed to his hip like that, which is obviously not really good for a podcast, but you can imagine what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think that showed that he'd given it thinking it hadn't touched his, his arm. So if he'd seen the replay where it clearly does touch his arm, whether he disallowed it or not, I don't know, because like you say, with offside and... You know, as frustrating as that the goal for Sterling's hat trick or what would have been the winner being ruled out was, and the fact you have that moment of utter elation suddenly taken away, it is still an obvious Yes or no decision. You can put the line on the pitch. You can tell if a player's offside. You know, it's it's yes or no. It's factual. Mm. With other decisions like that handball, it is down to one referee's interpretation and another's. If you, if you showed the replay of, I mean, Laurence was such a difficult call. I know there's this rule coming in about if you handle it into the net, but he didn't handle it into the net. It hit his elbow on his way to hitting his mm. his hip. And all right, his hand has played a significant part. You'd say in the ball going in without the deflection. I'm not sure it hits his hip at that angle and goes in. But I think if you showed that replay to 10 different referees, you might get, I think the majority would disallow it, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was something like 8 7-3, in terms of disallowing it to allowing it. And that's the, that's the problem that so many of these rules, you know, so many of football's rules are subjective. It's not like cricket with DRS or whatever, where you can see clearly what's happening you can judge it factually so many of football rules are subjective and different referees will referee it in different ways so because of that I think while VAR generally I think I'm a fan of it and it can be used to, to overturn some really poor decisions and decisions that should be right because of just the fact that, that football is subjective there's there's never going to be a perfect solution for it unfortunately and this is probably the best the best we're going to get
2: but to me um and this might sound bizarre because obviously as well as being a journalist I'm a City fan everybody knows that so for me to say this there might actually be City fans thinking what is he talking about well you could say that about anything I, say, I suppose really so I accept <laughs> that but um I'm willing to accept that goal, the Lorente goal. Um, Yes, we've seen it from a different angle. Yes, it it was moved onto his thigh with the arm Mm. and it felt like it was a slightly deliberate move. And so therefore, technically, perhaps it shouldn't have have been accepted. But what I would say about VAR, and that's whether it goes for or against, is that to me... If, as you suggest, Tyrone, there's an 80-20 or 70-30 split on opinion, even after you've watched all those angles, Mm. then that isn't a clear and obvious mistake. Well, no, that's the thing. It's this clear and obvious,
0: which I'm not even sure if that's in, in the wording still, or whether we've sort of become
2: confused, well maybe I'm by su- this. what I'm suggesting then, or campaigning for or whatever you want to say, it is it to me it should obvious. be a clear and obvious so otherwise we're taking away the authority of the referee yeah. and there's a danger you get to the point that we do doing sometimes in rugby league where the referee cops out of a decision yeah. and uh, and thinks I think that was, but they'll look at it they'll anyway, at it. Yeah, or, yeah. or even Great. worse, do a little signal of a of yeah. a TV in the air. Yeah. And I, I'd rather. I mean, I, I, this is an astonishing thing, perhaps for some people for me to say now, but I still haven't watched a replay of that goal Mm. that was disallowed for City at the end. So I can't sit here and say it was clearly on or off, so you can answer that question. But if that was a clear mistake, I accept it, no problem. Mm. And personally, um, I would say that there's enough doubt about that Lorente goal to have actually allowed it. And I'd rather have the the excitement of the moment, Mm. even though that cost City arguably in the end, I'd rather have the excitement of that moment and not go down the route that we could go down, which is to slightly destroy the the ebb and flow of the game. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Sorry, I was I was going to say I think
1: the issue comes down to was the the referee did not even have a chance to see it from that other angle. Mm. I feel like in situations like that,
2: the VAR team, yeah, or the Tyrone, producers can show the angles yeah, but that what they. What he's want. saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is even with that view. He American might. He might have still allowed 70, 30, it. 80, yeah. 20. So, yeah. it, so if it's still a debate, then that's yeah. not clear and obvious. And I'd rather have VAR only brought in for clear and a clear obvious, obvious yes. mistakes. Yeah. Having
0: given the goal, like you say, I think there's an argument to say you stick with it because it's not clear and obvious, and it's, it's not like one where we've seen. You know, I, I tend to judge handballs quite harshly, and I think if your hands if your hands are out further out by your side than they should be, or in a natural position, and it hits your hand, then you have sought to gain an advantage there. Whether you've deliberately handled it or not, if you've put your arms out to make yourself bigger, you're trying to gain an advantage. That's yeah, ball. that you, should you, be a penalty. You. But it, that wasn't the case. His hand was in on his chest, really. So he's not seeking to gain an advantage. And the ball's, the ball's him because... It's brushed, it, isn't it? Yeah, it's brushed him. And he always didn't expect it to come, but it's brushed him where it would have hit him anyway. So I do think it was a very a very difficult one for a referee to judge and I think that's why different referees would probably judge
2: that in a different way all three of us are admittedly probably amateur level have <laughs> all played football yeah. and you know as well as, and most of the people listening to this <clears throat> will probably have played football even if it's only in, in the backyard with mm. your kids or whatever, right? But uh, you know that in a split second, you can make a slight movement with your arm that when slowed down, you can start analysing it and saying, did he mean that? Didn't he mean that? Yeah. So, so uh, and this natural body thing, which I think the rule next season is you got to be in the natural silhouette, <laughs> silhouette. of your body, yeah. right? Yeah. But you also know that if you're tumbling along and falling, you, your instinct is to put your arm out. Yeah. So mm. that doesn't mean you're putting the arm out to block the ball, mm. but then the ball hits your arm. But you haven't put it out to block it; mm. you put it out to balance. Yeah. This is where the difficult. I I predict now, and you can keep this obviously on tape. Yeah. That next season, if this rule is brought in as it is at the moment, where if it's not in an actual silhouette of your body, it's handball, and obviously VAR comes in as we as, as is expected mm. in the Premier League, there will be double the number of penalties in the Premier League. Next season, there are now. I would, so get a number of whatever it is, look at that number, <coughs> yeah. and then next, end of next season, i bet it's double. It's I, wouldn't
0: be, I wouldn't be surprised if there was more, a lot more given for handball, but I think you've already seen defenders putting their arms behind their back and things like that. The problem is the handball rule, I mean, at the moment, I think it's deliberate handball which the only time there's ever a deliberate handball is if a player is on the goal line saving the ball. There's never a deliberate handball apart from that because why would there be? If you're 15 yards out, why would you deliberate hand on the ball? You Unless wouldn't. you're doing it subtly to try and get away Unless with it. Unless you're doing it, it subtly, but it, I don't Steven think... Taylor
1: from Newcastle. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. But again, that wasn't a deliberate handball, really. He's not moved his hands towards the ball. He's put his hands up to gain an advantage, which is not, by the letter of the law, deliberate handball. The only time you'll get a deliberate handball is if... Ball beating the keeper and someone just pushes it away because I don't think they count deliberate handball as making yourself bigger and saving a shot. What if the ball's so, heading
2: your face? Mm. And obviously you've got a great face, Tyrone. Thank and, you. And, and you, <laughs> might, you know, you might if you're wearing the glasses when you're playing. you definitely want to protect them. So the balls, <laughs> the balls hit like a rifle yeah. at your face, and you're stood in the centre of the goal. You are going to put your hands up instinctively to, block to your cover face. your face. Mm. And so that is a deliberate movement from that silhouette position. What are you supposed to do then? Just in that split second, Got just on. take one right in a mush. Got a man up, haven't you? Just. Do you I think it it's only? Do you think it's only? Sir, cert- oh, that's a difficult one,
1: isn't it? Because it it's almost like a referee will say it's not not say they'll say it's not a penalty. Then the players will appeal it, and then it'll instantly go to VAR, and it'll be given. Because it's in yeah. the arm next yeah. season, so so it takes the kind of the power away from referees. So if a referee saying it's not a penalty, the players will say, nope, you're wrong. Go 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 check your system. But I think I think then I think, it puts more pressure on the referee because they're in a spot where they're doubting themselves. Aren't
0: yeah, they? a little bit. But I think I think the overwhelming majority of referees are in favour of, of VAR and helping them to get decisions right. So you know, there, there's an argument that it takes away the the power, but I still think. I think, I still think most referees and certainly the good ones will referee a game as they see it and make a decision as they see it. And if it goes to VAR and it changes, then then so be it. But I still think, you know, I think the overwhelming majority of referees, certainly from what I've read, are supposedly in favour of VAR. Mm. So we shall see. We'll see next season. The, the interesting one, the offside is, it, I mean, when you put that line on the pitch, it is offside. And watching it in real time, I did think that looks close. it's unfortunate in a way because I think I mean the the offside rule changes so often but I think a few years ago it would have been given because it wasn't it wasn't a deliberate pass from David um, Bernardo Bernardo just put his foot out and it hit it hit him and went into Aguero's path I think a few years ago that wouldn't have been considered offside whereas the rule change meant it was but it looked when it went to Aguero I thought that looks that looks close they might look at that and when they put the lines on the pitch he's very marginally offside but you know, there, there might be an argument to say should should offsides that are that close. You know, you're talking half half the length of someone's foot. You know, mm-hmm. you're talking size ten strikers trying to fit in size eight boots to gain an advantage. Here, the offsides are that are that tight. So, you know, I do wonder if we should need to go back to a more obvious offside where this whole kind of daylight rule or the full length of a player needs to be offside rather than just a part of the body you can score with. Because if you're judging players to be offside by, you know, the the toes of their boots, then that is very very harsh
2: one of the rules that's changed or will change now as a result of VAR is as I understand it the benefit of the doubt remember that expression was given to the striker now there is no no benefit benefit of the doubt because you're going to get it on VAR yeah so therefore, it is black and white. So therefore, it does feel to me that there needs to be a clearer, yeah. defined rule. So yeah. um, somebody said to me after the game the other day, in athletics, it's obviously measured on the chest. Yeah. You know, and in other sports, it might be the head or whatever. Mm. So this business of, uh, you know, your kneecap... I mean, I remember Darius Vassell being um, judged to be offside. I think it was a game at Chelsea a few years ago, and it was it was his... Kneecap or something that was off. Mm. Sorry, shoulder. I think it, was, it might have been his shoulder. Now, fair enough. If if the rule is that you know, if a part of your upper body, you know, your torso is offside, then that's offside. But then make that the rule. Mm. If it's any part of your body, any part toe or whatever, then you know it, it's going to be very difficult for any striker to remain onside when you're timing it by such fine margins.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, that's especially true when you get an issue like a free kick so you get a free kick where the defensive team are playing on offside and forwards are running from deep you know when they cross it's so tight sometimes and if you're being judged offside by the width of a toe it just feels harsh to me so I do wonder if you've got to go back to a rule where you almost do it the opposite way and if any part of your body is onside then you're still onside so if you're I'd go with that yeah Mm, if you're back leg if you're making a run forward then your back leg is still level, then you should be onside. Almost reverse it to what it is now. I think to make I it a bit be fairer great to attackers.
2: And, and by the way, I just want to make it clear: no the vast majority of people listening to this will be City fans, but anybody that's listening to this. The reason why I'm agreeing with that is not because I thought it would have given City an advantage in that game, yeah. but just generally for the good of the sport. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I
0: think that. I think
2: that needs to change. We've seen a few like that.
0: Harry Kane had one against Chelsea, and that. Uh, Carabao Cup was it was it the semi-final I think it was it was yeah at Wembley yeah. and it was so I mean I think he was judged onside wasn't he I can't remember I think he it was, was the given onside on sort of, yeah the wrong angle was shown have... and it was so yeah. it was so marginal so yeah. I just think we need to go back and just completely reverse the rule as
1: it is no like, yeah. Interesting to see if the Premier League does mention anything. That's how they Whether well, they're listening to our yeah. podcast. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> if not, if, we'll if, if, if any fantasy football players <laughs> are listening, then they might want to double down on penalty takers for every club. Yeah. <laughs> especially Year. Oh, I was going to say, he's, yeah, he's probably, I just thought I'd let you say his name. He's he probably going to be in the running for golden boot next year. <laughs> we'll see. But I mean, uh, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's another season that's gone and City, I mean, when history looks back, there'll be another season that City have gone out to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. There's there's always that thing with Pep in the Champions League that football Twitter fans tend to go back to that he hasn't won the Champions League since he was at Barcelona. So the question I want to put to you is, if Pep say leave doesn't go for another few more seasons, we we'll say we we'll say he won't um, leaves City without the Champions League, would would firstly you as a City fan class his time at City as a
2: failure, or and would he, do you think he would as well? Well, I certainly wouldn't, and and I find it quite amusing really. As you were saying that question, then that you're saying. City go out again in the quarterfinals of the Champions League and I think well you know I know this is like a stuck record and people sort of City fans say this but if you'd have said to me 10 years ago you know you, you'll get to a semi-final which they did against Madrid and a couple of quarterfinals of the Champions League in relatively mm. quick succession you go really? Mm. Wow! Fantastic! Mm. And so the, the fans expectation levels are behind the media and the, the, the sort of narrative that there is generally around city that the narrative is city have got the best coach in the world um therefore you should be winning the Champions League you've spent more money than anybody else so therefore you should be winning the Champions League by the way Everton's uh, the, the team the United team that played Everton the other night cost more money than the City team that beat Spurs in the league <laughs> this weekend but nobody's running that narrative are they um, <laughs> that is a fact that is that is the you know a genuine fact um, but the narrative with City is always about the amount of money they spent uh, and what they should be doing Um it, I've always the, the, first of all the Champions League is a cup competition and not necessarily the best team win that and when you look at the teams that are left in it you you know if Ajax go on and win it for example would you say they are the best team in Europe um, if, if they win it then some people will say that and I hope by the way that they do win it um, but Nevertheless, um, they're not necessarily the best team in Europe, um, so I don't say it's, it's. To me, it's almost foolish to judge a manager on cup competitions, the league is the thing. I mean, if if City don't win the league this year and Liverpool do it with 97 points and City fall short with, you know, 95 or whatever, to say that City have got 100 points one season in the league (laughs) and 95 the next, Mm -hmm. and then to condemn them because they didn't win the title in the second year would also, to me, to be foolish because nobody's ever done that and that is just... Stunningly amazing, but I also am not stupid, and I get that that particularly the national media and fans of other clubs will want to hammer city with them won the champions League again. Pep hasn't won it. he's a failure. Well, all right, you can do that, but it it doesn't it doesn't bother me. Yeah, it goes more beyond. Goes more beyond that, doesn't it? I mean, you are looking at players that are coming through like Phil Ford, and we'll touch on Phil Ford in a bit. But we'll stick youth two final this week as well. Remember, there's a whole lot of them coming through, they're, and they're not far behind Phil Ford in ability. Um, you know, Tommy Doyle and Felix Nemechur and uh, Pervedo and players like that. There's some more very exciting youngsters coming through. Yeah,
1: it's almost—it's always easy to forget that it's back-to-back wins against Spurs. Yeah, midweek and obviously on the weekend. But the, that win over Spurs tied. Did you mm. sense there was maybe a bit of nerves from City I during think, the game? I think there was definitely. Well, I think it was
0: definitely nervous towards the end because you're only one goal ahead, and I think that's going to be the case for both teams in the title race now. I mean, it—it it seemed. I was listening to it on the radio yesterday, but it seemed nervy at Cardiff for Liverpool while it was nil-nil. And I think that's the margins are so so tight that if either team drops a point between now and the end of the season, you know, I think that, that could be it. I wouldn't be surprised mm. at all if both teams won all their remaining games. I think you know it's going to take one slip from either side and I think that would quite possibly end it for them. So that is why it is so, so nervy. You look at Liverpool's running now and you'd probably think they're going to win three out of three. And you thought on Saturday they're going to win four out of four because of their running. So City know that they've got no they've probably almost certainly got no margin for error. So when you're only 1-0 up against a team like Tottenham going into the last 15 minutes, it's going to be nervy because anything can happen. And Tottenham did have some good chances. I mean, it it felt like a bit of a strange game that Tottenham would do nothing for 15 minutes and then from nowhere, something created a really good chance. And I mean, Edison was superb and, you know, kept, he was vital to that City win with some of those saves he made. But Tottenham's chances just tended to, to come out of nothing and I think that's why that kind of added to the tension and the nerves at the end because they had shown that they could disappear from the game for 15 minutes and then suddenly bang, Sons threw one goal and they've got a glorious chance so that sort of added to the nerves and it did, it felt, the way it was celebrating at the time it felt like a, a huge, huge win that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, we spoke a little bit on Phil Ford earlier but I mean, Looking at him now, I mean, 18 years old, he scored six in his last 10 for City. I mean, the one thing I always thought about Phil Forden is that like he was, was more like a deep line midfielder. But what, I think what we're seeing is that he almost has that ability to even pitch in with goals, doesn't he? Well the
2: goal he scored against Spurs was absolutely vital and uh, quite rightly was celebrated and it was a great gesture which we all saw from Bernardo Silva who was given the man of the match correctly in my opinion to then hand over his trophy and say no you you know, you know, deserve it you're a mm. kid you know you youngest ever uh, goal scorer, I think for City but certainly um, you know a vital moment for him and if it gives him another boost in terms of his confidence then great we all want him to succeed um, we get too carried away though I mean those statistics that you've just mentioned there also include him coming on in late on in sort of like the Schalke game when they were already 5-0 up and Schalke were falling apart they lost at home by the way Schalke 5-1 this yeah. weekend so that shows you how appalling they are um, so scoring those those goals sometimes the statistics can, can be a bit misleading um, but I don't want to take any credit away from the kid you know and uh, he's a blue and we all want him to do well and if he continues to progress 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 the way that Pep believes he will do, then he's going to be some player, isn't he? Um, But... um you know now it's going to na- it's going to be very interesting whether um, he he gets a chance in any of the remaining games now. Um, and when we, you talk about Liverpool in the title race, I, I completely agree that almost certainly Liverpool will not drop points. Now it feels as if if they are the one game, the one game that looks slightly vulnerable. But the, the sort of conspiracy theory in me says Ooh. that their manager <laughs> won't allow it to happen because of his history with Liverpool. But is that Newcastle? Game mm. in between the two legs of the Barcelona ties. Yeah. So um, City have got to go to Old Trafford, as we know, and uh, and and once the if and when they win that one, which I don't think will be as easy as people think despite United losing so badly at the weekend. Um, I think the Such danger a... is then that City think we've done it now and they can't think that even if they win at Old Trafford because they've still got Burnley away, mm. they've still got Brighton away who might, might be battling on the last day of the season to stay up so there's a long, long way to go, yeah. <laughs> Such a weird one that ties in them because, I mean, United
1: fans... <laughs> They can't. You, the general sense I've had all week is they don't want Liverpool to win the league. Mm. Meaning they don't. They'd rather City win. Well, I think it's to stop Liverpool from winning the league.
0: Well, I think United. What United fans, when they're there at that game, will want to win that game, and they also need it for the top four. Yeah. And I also think it's. <laughs> I think before last week, it was changing slightly in that, I mean, we ran a poll not so long ago and they wanted, the overwhelming view was for City to win the quadruple ahead of Liverpool winning the league. I think the longer City stayed in the hunt for the quadruple, the more that kind of changed. And I think United fans realised that actually we don't want city to win the quadruple 20 years after we've won the treble and outdo us now city can't win the quadruple they probably do want city to win the league again ahead of liverpool so it has slightly changed but it is a weird one it? and if united do take points off city they do quite probably hand the title to liverpool but you know, united have got to go for the win the funny thing about that game is if you look at the way united performed at the weekend and have performed recently they're on a form if city were playing arsenal who had just produced those performances in that run of form, you would say City are going to win this. It's because it's a derby, because you expect a reaction from United players at Old Trafford in a derby that kind of adds the level of jeopardy to it I would say, but on form, it should be a walk in the park,
2: the security fellow when I came in here today, who is a united fan, said to me, we did, which backs up what you 're saying um we don't want we didn 't want city to win the quad mm. now that 's out of the way, yeah. we definitely want city to win the league mm. um so but that 's the fans. Um, the players are different, the players are hurting and the players have got a point to prove and yeah. might be perhaps on the, you know, the, we heard a lot of the uh, the pundits saying after the game, you know, that there were, I think it was... Um uh, Jermaine Genus who said half the, the United squad want out and half the United squad are just not good enough yeah. well if the half that want out want to, to move on somewhere they need to do something to, to get a move and the other half need to prove himself so mm-hmm. uh, I, I, th- I don't think the players and the manager are for one second going to lie down I think no, it's going to be no, very sounds- nervy and very and it's going to be very close and I suspect it'll be one goal and it'll be all that biting the fingernails and your hair going grey overnight if you're a city <laughs> fan. If they can get themselves to the line, yeah. if you got if betting odds
1: anything to go by, United are six to one at home. Against you city. know what? I might six have a bet on that. One.
2: Six
0: to wow. one in a two horse race. Yeah, you know. in a Derby that surprises me. They're that big.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, really does? I mean, from i my out
0: bet just a sort of emotional
1: cover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least I want some money. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't tend to work that. I, I figured when <laughs> whenever you bet against your own team, it's never, never, I never
2: met anyway. But yeah. that one's tempting at six to one in a two horse race.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I mean, one thing, we want to. I mean, end on, I mean, regardless of kind of how, this is a question to both of you, I mean, regardless of how the season ends and pans out, are there any areas that you two have in mind that, regardless of how the season ends, that you want City to maybe look at improving in the the summer transfer window? I'll start with you, Ty.
0: Um, I think the two obvious ones are left back. I think you probably need some more serious competition and cover for Mendy. Um, And then defensive midfield and and a Fernandinho replacement I mean the issue with that is that Gundogan has really stepped up recently and kind of begun to show he could you know he could fill that role certainly against weaker teams but we don't know what's going to happen with Gundogan either it seems that he doesn't want to sign a contract at the moment so I think you need at least one holding midfielder this year and someone who can long term replace Fernandinho so I think those are the two those are the two key areas that I think you know Guardiola will be keen to strengthen and be looking at.
2: It might mm-hmm. be a broader brushstroke and say defence because I think generally they need more strength in defence because mm-hmm. the way that they play makes them vulnerable when they occasionally come up against teams who have a similar standard because they're not tested most of the season because they dominate possession, dominate teams. And then when it comes to these big, big crunch games, which is arguably why City struggle in these latter stages of the Champions Leagues, et cetera, um, That that's when the defence is tested. And I don't think it's just full backs and I'd say full backs. Not just full back, but also in central defence. Perhaps there needs to be a, you know, a sort of a fit to Vincent company available every week. Whether that's so, if you if you go out and sign somebody has got a lot of experience to come in and be the organizer and, and a stalwart of that defence. But the one other area, I mean, I, I know I, 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 he can't deny that that central defen- defensive midfield role is is going to be looked at. But I'd actually be looking to at striker, believe it or not, because despite. Showing Sean, uh, Sean, Sean, Sean today. I'm thinking back to the old days. <laughs> Despite Sergio, um, you know, b- being what he is and and being phenomenal, you always feel when you're watching City that that is the one. You know, when when Sergio comes off after sixty minutes against Spurs or whatever it is, what's going through my mind? A lot of City fans is hope he's all right. Mm. Will he be all right for Wednesday? Is he limping there? There's always that in your Mm. mind because Gabriel Jesus, as as exciting as he is and the youth that he's got, is not um, Sergio Aguero. So if City could go out and sign, you know, a real top notcher um not because i think sergio's finished or anything like that but just you've got to have that absolute top notch in my opinion look at look at tottenham everything's been going through harry kane and everybody keeps talking about harry kane but in his absence song who I'd sign by the way I'd sign Son in yeah, an instant to player. be mm. that player brilliant by the player. way if he was available mm. I'd get him tomorrow because he offers another dimension tremendous pace on the counter attack and a great finisher so I'd he'd absolutely be in the category of another player mm. um, and, and he'd also have the flexibility to play out wide he'd yeah. be a, he'd be a perfect yeah. signing I don't suppose he'll be available no. but, but I do think that they need somebody of that ilk <laughs> to, to in attack because if this season Sergio had missed a dozen games I don't think City would be where they are now Mm. Mm. yeah I think that's a a fair point they are reliant
0: on Aguero which is incredible really when you think it's not so long ago that the narrative was that Jesus was going to replace Aguero and Aguero was never going to fit into this team under Guardiola I mean the way he's made himself Invaluable to Guardiola and this team, I think speaks volumes for the character Aguero has, has gotten got and shown, and the ways, you know, the way he's found another way to play and managed to change his game, a relatively late stage of his career for making such changes I think it speaks volume for the type of player and type of character he is
1: yeah I think it's fair to say the Premier League will remember him oh, when definitely. he does go as
2: one, one of the great like to the top top he's been trikers. nominated in the, the six names isn't there, in the PFA yeah. player of the year yeah. and uh, as much as Bernardo and Raheem absolutely I felt would be in that list mm. or should be um, I'm slightly surprised pleasantly surprised that Sergio is in that list as well mm. because he hasn't got the recognition mm. that he deserves uh, down yeah, the definitely. years. So you know, but it, you know, we all know that it'll be Virgil Van Dijk that will win it because of the the uh, the, the media bias towards Liverpool. <laughs> apart does, from in this room, <laughs> <laughs> does, it, does that get decided
1: before the season ends? Yeah, yeah, is. which is bizarre. So bizarre. And the problem you, for, you think if it was after the season, it would just be either between a Liverpool or City player, wouldn't you? You were the problem yeah. for City is that they, in a way,
0: is they've got three players nominated and it Mm. you know there's only one I think it's two Liverpool players they've got Manny as well and I don't know who the sixth one is can't remember no I can't remember but the, the three City players I mean, if you are ever mind to vote for a Liverpool player, you're going to vote for Van Dijk over money. If you are yeah. ever a mind to vote for a City player, you could vote for any of those three. Certainly, Bernardo and Sterling.
2: Very difficult to split. They'd be difficult to split at City's Player of the Year award. Well, I think the City what, vote will go to Bernardo. Yeah. I don't think there's any question you know, about that. You know, was a, I saw so a little poll among City fans the other day. Who do you think is City's Player of the Year? And almost to a, a person, mm. it was Bernardo Everyone. Yeah, Yeah, I would go with Bernardo. But you wouldn't be surprised if
0: Sterling got a lot of... Um, a lot of votes as well for you know in the PFA and the, the Football Writers Award because you know he, he's kind of the man of the moment. I think his fellow pros have got almost a newfound respect for him this year he's a media darling now he's, he's completely turned that around so it wouldn't be surprised if he got a lot of votes through that which will probably take some votes away from Bernardo in a way and make it harder for a City player to win one of those awards
2: yeah, yeah I, I think I, the I, fact that Raheem's doing what he's doing to help the funeral of the kid at, yeah, old things like that. And, yeah. and the way he's handled all the races and stuff mm-hmm. uh, which has been exemplary yeah, yeah. Um, he des- deserves a lot of credit for that but we I suppose I'm, I'm guessing are wanting to judge the player of the year purely on what they do as a footballer yeah. ra- or as much as I admire that off-field stuff is that I'd be picking on merits of football and to me then it's Bernardo Silva yeah yeah, I'd agree with
1: that Just, just wait till one of them score a last minute winner yeah, but final it's day to the win the, win the title yeah. but it's after but the voting's but, but, but finished but it is. even for cities is that the case No, no maybe not
2: for cities yeah. I don't know where that stands but certainly for the PFA the the, yeah. Yeah, they'll all be done before that
1: final game of the season yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. A t- it's a tough one to decide anyway but before we do wrap it up do you think i can get any prediction out of you for Wednesday no. night no no you're not <laughs> going to get a
2: prediction no I never do that tie. Too... <laughs>
0: I think if I mean, there was that start at the weekend about how often City have scored early this season and they've made some fantastic starts. And I think that's, watching United yesterday, they started so sluggishly against Everton. So if City can fly out the blocks and score early, you'd fancy them to take control of the game from there. But it's one of those where the longer it's it's nil-nil and close, then the more the more nervier it's going to get.
1: Mm, form goes out the window for, for Derby there as a... Always tends to do so. Well, no, I'm
2: that, not sure uh, that. Yeah, I'm not as sure about actually that. Actually, true. I think if it hadn't been for that thumping at Everton, City might have. I'd have felt a bit more confident. I'm a bit more worried.
0: Yeah, there. in a funny way, that that might hurt City, and that the United players have had so much criticism after that performance mm. on Sunday that they might feel that they've got a point to prove and, and need to respond. That uh, it's the players rather than the manager that have been criticised at United, and I think that they're, you know, they're going to. F- feel a pressure to respond in a derby at Old Trafford.
1: Yeah, so we'll we'll see. I mean, we'll be back, I think, maybe Thursday, maybe Friday. I mean, we'll be after the derby. We'll we'll assess and break down the game and what comes from it. So thank you, Ian. Thank you, Ty. Mm -hmm. We'll um, be back, obviously, later in the week. But if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast via Acast, iTunes, whichever way you tend to listen. And we'll, we'll see you later in this week.